0: All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio.
1: This is Veterans Radio.
2: And now, your host for today's program, Dale Thronberry. And welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Thronberry, CW2 type helicopter pilot in Vietnam 1969. Welcome to our program. I think it's a cool one today. We're going to be talking about dogs, and we're going to be talking about songs. So uh, let's get right into it. So as I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about dogs. We're going to be talking about an organization titled Veteran Service Dog or- Dogs Organization. It's out of Howell, Michigan. Uh, their website is vsdo.us. Uh, we're going to be talking with their executive director. And as a, we also are going to be talking with a, a new song from Operation Song, and as you all are aware, I think by now, uh, Operation Song is an organization down in Tennessee that puts together veterans with songwriters. They tell their stories. The songwriters take it and turn it into a song. So that's what we're going to be talking about later on today. Um, before we get into the program, though, I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors. Of course, we can't do this program at all without the help of our sponsors. And number one is Legal Help for Veterans, and Legal Help for Veterans specializes in veterans' disability claims. Give them a call at Legal Help for Veterans at 800-693-4800, or you can go to their website, legalhelpforveterans.com. The National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, is the nation's leading third-party authority for the certification of a veteran-owned business. For more information, you need to go to their website, that's nvbdc.org, or give them a call at 888-237-8433. The Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center in Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information, go to va.gov slash Healthcare. Uh, we also want to make sure we thank our local veteran service organizations, the Irwin Press Corps and American Legion Post 46 and the Charles S. Kettles Vietnam Veterans of America, Chapter 310, both of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Listen, if you would like to get involved in supporting Veterans Radio, you are more than welcome. We can't do this program without your help. Just go to our website, veteransradio.org, and click on the big red donate button. We can really use your uh, your help with that. And the other thing I need to remember remind you of is to save the date. And to save the date is September 30th, and this is going to be our second Radio on the River program. So if you go to veteransradio.org again, you'll find out more about it. But we are going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary on September 30th. So mark your calendar. There will be more information coming out as we get closer to the ev- Coming up right now is my interview with Kirk Lanham. He is the executive director of the Veterans Service Dog Organization out of Howell, Michigan. All right, here we go. Kirk? Okay, so we're back here on Veterans Radio. And as you know, everybody, we like to mention a different organization every week if we can that supports veterans. And this week we've got one of your favorite topics, dogs Everybody seems to like dogs, and you always like the service dogs. So, we, just, we found a local organization, which I had not been aware of, called Veterans Service Dogs, and they are in Howell, Michigan. And joining me right now on Veterans Radio is Kirk Lanham, and he is the executive director. So, Kirk, welcome to Veterans Radio.
1: Oh, thank you, Dale. Thanks for having us.
2: So, tell me, how did this, uh, what is your experience in the service? What, what was your involvement?
1: Uh, I'm an Air Force veteran myself, um, and then you know with the dogs we had, you know, worked with the dogs with our uh, with our group and so forth. And then obviously after uh, after I got out, I just continued working with them. Uh, I got my certifications and then proceeded forward. And then what? initially the organization we had, or rather I had, just helped out. I was uh, on the board of a different organization, and then they had hired a new executive director. It was, we had a a difference of opinion let's say and uh when i had left there there were a few veterans that unfortunately had been you know partway through the program and just uh, got, kind of got left behind so initially my my goal was just to help them finish up their training um so they could get their dogs you know certified and uh kind of proceed through the process and then obviously at that point i was just like yeah, i can't i really can't stop now <laughs> so uh, we just, uh, went through all the process. You know, initially I, I had a, it literally I had converted my conference room at my office into, you know, being able to work with the dogs. Um, and then it, it very, became very apparent very quickly that that was just not going to suffice. There was- So
2: were you a dog handler in the air force?
1: Uh, yeah, I was a handler. I was not initially a trainer, but I was just, you know, working, handling the dogs. And then, you know, the air force trains the dogs for most of the branches, um, mm-hmm. And then we had our own, we had a dog for, you know, our group, and then that was a handler for that group. So. Okay.
2: Okay. Because I know uh, we have a couple of uh, Vietnam veteran, Vietnam era veterans who are dog handlers in the Air Force, and they're always yeah. talking about their dogs, of course. And um, we <laughs> understand how that goes. So um, what, what is it? It, it
1: is, to, to be clear, it is a completely different training method, right? You know, yeah. there you know the military well like everything else in the military obviously is you know very refined defined and strict you know so um you know the service animal we, we can't really go that far right so we we do use a balance method you know so they but we we focus everything on reward you know the military is a little different than that right
2: so right. well i mean well, you're you're processing uh service dogs you're not processing guard dogs so right. the major difference right. major difference there so how to if I, if I needed to get a if I felt that I needed to get a a service dog, Kirk, how would I, how would I go about doing that?
1: Well, the the initial method is, is you go to our website and they're on there there'll be an application. You, you fill out the application for yourself. It's going to be, I mean, I think it's several pages, but it's a relatively quick process. You fill out. Uh, The app is going to ask you a little bit about what your disabilities are um, and then obviously a little bit about your service and then a lot about what's your home environment like, you know, do you have kids, do you have other dogs, do you have other pets, Um, do you have a fenced yard, you know, things of that nature so that when we are looking to pair you with a dog, we need to make sure that the dog is going to be one suitable for work as a service animal two, matches your temperament and personality needs, and three, is going to be okay in the household that you have, you know, so it's a matter of pairing the right dog with the right person, so um, after the interview, I mean, excuse me, after you get the application, uh, one of the people in the office will call you and schedule an interview, Uh, it's just a kind of a one-on-one interview, we come in, we talk a little bit more, get some more details, uh, find out what your needs are, and a lot of times most veterans feel that well VA recognizes the following disabilities so that's all that they say that they have initially but frankly i don't care what VA says you know we all know that you know VA doesn't list things as service connected like your back even though you know you know a 10 mile march you know, ruck with a 90 pound ruck on your back is not it's not good for your back right so We want to know what all your disabilities are, not what VA recognizes, Mm -hmm. so that we can actually train a dog to serve your needs, not just what VA thinks
2: she needs. Okay. So once I get past that gate, I guess you could say, then uh, you, you would start to pair me up with a particular dog?
1: Well, once you have the interview, then we're going to start searching for a dog that's going to be appropriate for you. Um, at that point, we schedule you for orientation. And frankly, it's kind of a death by PowerPoint. You come in, <laughs> you spend several hours. And and that's going to explain a little bit more about who we are, how we operate, what our expectations of you are, and then what the expectations of the program are. And, you know, we, obviously we break for pizza and, you know, we try mm-hmm. to make it as non-mundane as possible. Uh, or three of the classes that you'll be participating in later of each category so you'll have to shadow one cgc class or basic obedience class and then one public access class and then one tasks class just again so that way it gives a veteran kind of an idea of what they're what they should expect when they come in rather than just kind of throwing them into the fire right we mm-hmm. want to kind of prepare them for it because it, it is a massive commitment you have to be here every week for training um, and you have to work at home we we are going to pair you with the dog pretty much right away I mean as soon as you're done with your obligations that you have to meet then we're going to pair you with that dog and because I can train a dog to do anything but it doesn't mean that it's going to do that for you right so we mm-hmm. We work to pair them together as a team so that the dog and the handler are trained together as a team. So the dog is working for the handler, not for me or one of our other trainers.
2: Right. right. Is there is there are there um particular breeds of dogs that you use or is it kind of, we use
1: kind of a it's it's really all over and it, it depends on what the needs of the veteran are. Uh, let me give you an example. Let's say we have a veteran that is a fall risk or they have stability issues, right? They can't they have a hard time walking, standing, or uh moving on their own without assistance. And let's just assume for a minute this veteran weighs 280 pounds. I can't give a 40-pound dog and expect that dog to be able to assist them with stability, right? Mm-hmm. So in that case, we'd you know we'd pair them with a, a larger breed dog. Something is gonna be, you know, probably 80 pounds or more. And it may be something as big as a, a Great Dane or a Great Pyrenees or an Irish Wolfhound, or it may be something that is say like a husky that is only eighty, ninety pounds, but they're, you know, twice as strong as a dog twice as size.
2: Um, and so how long is the full training and by the time I can go home with my dog?
1: Well, you go home with your dog from the first day, mm-hmm. right? So you're when we assign that dog to you, you're taking it home and you're gonna start uh, you know, bonding with that dog. Um and I want to caution you, there is a saying that we use three days, three weeks, three months. So it takes about three days for the dog to get over the initial shock of being paired with a new person, you know, from either from as a puppy, you know, they just left their siblings and their mother, or even in a dog that we rescued from the shelter. You know, it takes them that three days just to get over the, the shock and the being scared. Um, three weeks, they start to feel comfortable. And then three months, they feel at home, right? So mm-hmm. You know, and it's obviously these are just estimates, but as a general rule, it's a pretty good number to go with. And then, uh, so, but you know, let's say I get you a puppy; it's eight weeks old. We get you a puppy. paired with that puppy today. You're going to be back next week for training. You know, you're going to just basically spend the weekend kind of getting to know the dog, getting a little bit of bonding. Basically, that first three day period, right? And then you're going to come in for training, and we're gonna we're literally going to hit the ground running. We are we're gonna bring you in, we're going to start training right away. The puppies are always a blessing because they are sponges. They will suck up training so fast. And they are also very motivated at that, you know, at that age, they want to do everything possible just to make you happy. And they will. So those are always great because the bond is much deeper. Um, and then the shelter dogs are also a very strong bond because they kind of realize that you've you know saved them and that you're giving them a second chance. So they're also, you know, very, very motivated. You know and everything in between but you, mm-hmm. you have to work on training so we have to you know enforce those good behaviors and the dog making the good decisions rather than just kind of letting them go off on their own and become unmanageable um, don't get me wrong it's not you know the dog doesn't work 24 7 when their vest is on they're working When their vest is off they're free to be a dog you know, you go home and you're sitting down on the couch watching TV the dog should be sitting on a couch next to you laying in your lap getting love and affection mm-hmm. um, and also relaxing. You know, if if we work twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, we burn out pretty quick. And it's it's the same for the dogs. We got to give them you know rest and relaxation as well.
2: Okay. Well, we're been talking here with uh, Kirk Lanham. He's the executive director of Veteran Service Dogs. Um, what is your website?
1: Uh, the website is VSDO. Us, as in Veteran Service Dogs Organization.
2: Okay. All right. So this information will be on our website. We encourage you to go and look around, especially if you. Uh, I'm sure that they, you have clients come in from all over the country, but you are pretty much in central southeastern Michigan. So um, this is a good place to check out these dogs. I think it's really cool what you're, what you're doing, Kirk. And thank you very much for being on the program and filling us in on the uh, Veteran Service Dogs organization.
1: So I can make one more request of you. Um, I mean, obviously, the veterans that they have a need, please give us a call, reach out. But I also know that probably every single veteran that listens to your program knows another veteran who's struggling. Give them the information, please. Have them reach out.
2: We'll do. Thank you very much, Kurt. We'll be talking to you again. Thanks for being on Veterans Radio. Thank you, Dale. All right, here we are. We're back here on Veterans Radio, and it's our kind of our monthly program from Operation Song. And for those of you that have been listening over the last couple of months, what Operation Song does is they match up a a veteran and a, a songwriter and, a, and musicians and so forth. They take the veteran's stories, they turn it into a great song, and then they 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 make it available to you in the public. And it it turns out that it's a pretty good kind of therapy. And we were just talking about that a little bit before we went on the air. So joining me today on Veterans Radio, and I've got three guests, so it's kind of cool. So first of all, I've got Zach Harrison, and Zach is the veteran himself. Uh, Zach, welcome to Veterans Radio.
3: Thank you, Dale. I appreciate it.
2: And I've got Jesse Lee down here on the bottom of my screen, and Jesse is the uh, songwriter and uh, performer. Is that correct, Jesse?
4: yes sir i'm happy to
2: be here well thank you very much for uh for joining us and i've also got a, a another gentleman on the line with me his name is um chris couture is that right couture. okay i got it And chris is a photographer and um i'm going to save his story a little bit for later but he he took <laughs> a, zach's got a few tattoos and uh one of them or two of them are on his hands and uh uh, Chris took a picture of that and kind of motivated him to write a poem. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different um, things today. So, Zach, tell me a little bit about your experience in the service. I know you were an Army of Special Forces. How long were you in and where did you end up?
3: Um, so I joined at the end of 2009. Uh, I began basic at the beginning of uh, 2010, January. Um, as an 11 x-ray which was an airborne infantryman so following basic training one-stop unit training um, airborne school i was assigned to the 173rd airborne um combat brigade team and uh i deployed immediately following um assignment to the unit i was there for about five and a half months in afghanistan specifically wardak province with destined uh second 503rd and uh after that, I had really great leadership. Um, I intended to actually become an 18 X-ray, which is an enlistment contract to roll right into Special Forces. Once I got to basic, but um, I made a decision during that time that I wanted to gain some Army experience in a conventional unit, um, potentially going to 75th Reg- Ranger Regiment and uh, at least getting my E-5 stripes before pursuing the special Forces qualification course, but due to um, very positive leadership that I had um, as a young private, they encouraged me to just go straight to what I wanted to do. So upon returning from that deployment, I began preparation training for the special forces assessment and selection. Um, I did that, we got back in November. I knocked that out and was selected in March um, of eleven. And then by 2013, um, I had graduated on my Green Beret and I was assigned a third special courses group. Um, it was right about a year um, with my first ODA that uh, had my first special forces deployment to Afghanistan. We were there for six months. I had come back a little bit early. I'd injured my shoulder. Um, so I was medevaced home like 15 days, 12 days earlier than the team. Um, I ended up deploying again in 2015-16 with the same team and uh that's kind of where some of my issues started to come up we had a traumatic event happen within 24 hours of the deployment um two of our attachments uh ccts their air force special operations were killed um as we were moving from one base to another we were in an afghan controlled camp um Excuse me, our camp was inside of an Afghan controlled camp and one of the guards at that gate opened fire, um, killing Captain Matthew Rowland and then staff sergeant Forrest Sibley. Um we engaged the uh combatant and uh, I was the one that inevitably put him down. Um and performed triage on Forrest and he ultimately, for lack of better speaking, died in my arms. Um and I didn't really have a healthy healing process from that. Um it's funny, I'm taking a sociology course, and there's this concept of toxic man- masculinity. And, um, you know, guys aren't real great at talking about their emotions, you right. know. And while I didn't know this man, um, you know, that that love for one another, one another that we had, um, it was just, it was it was significant to me. Um, I'd been on the converse of bad guys dying. That had never affected me. But when it came to seeing one of our own die, I've seen my brothers injured, um, in combat, and that was you know very tolerable. But seeing one of them die, it was uh, for more or less a moral injury because that's not how this is supposed to work. We're highly trained soldiers. Um, we are there to close and engage with the enemy, yeah. and we come home, not them. Um, and so there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on that it took a lot of work to kind of process. And so uh, I ended up going to uh, become a trainer or instructor at a special warfare center in school. Basically as a glorified babysitter of the guys that were um, in a medical <laughs> hold, they were injured in training. And so it was just a simple assignment of accountability for these, uh, soldiers attempting to become green berets. So I was discharged in, um, July of last year. So it's been a little over a year that I've been now. So, um, through that process, there were significant struggles, um, Military mental health is not what it should be. Uh, this is one former soldier's personal perspective. Um, it's validated by conversations I've had with other brothers specifically in the field that I was in. Um, but it took me getting out to kind of have that freedom from the army and uh, thankfully a brother of mine that I ended up moving in with, um, his father-in-law had uh, had some PTSD issues from Desert Storm um, And so he started talking to me. We were renovating a house together. And I kind of started to acknowledge that, hey, you know, maybe this drinking that I've been doing is, uh, you know, really just to cover up the symptoms of potential post-traumatic stress disorder that I had refused to acknowledge. There were several other of my buddies that had died after, you know, Forrest and Matt, but that was kind of the... The epicenter of it for me um and then not dealing with that you know it was just the snowball effect from there um so you know losing brothers along the way it was uh increasingly more difficult and i wasn't dealing with it i wasn't um i didn't have the i wasn't equipped i didn't have the tools and i wasn't seeking them you know that's a it's a personal failure on my part so once i was free of the army um i began to look into it i attempted to do the va's um PRRP program PTSD residential rehabilitation program that's what my buddy's father-in-law had done so it was very beneficial and that didn't pan out and thankfully so Um, my counselor that I had been working with um, on the civilian side he was a former former Green Beret and he worked at an additional unit as well um, fairly prestigious and he had mentioned this place called Warrior's Heart and um, at first I wasn't into it because I knew that the VA worked. So I ended up finding myself at Warrior's Heart December 3rd, um, and I did about 56 days of residential treatment there, and then I moved over to intensive outpatient therapy. What, and what? I, go ahead. No, I was
2: just going to say, could you could you tell our audience what, what Warrior's Heart is?
3: Oh, okay. So yeah, Warrior's Heart is a dual diagnosis treatment facility. Um, it's specialized for veterans and first responders, so police and fire EMTs. Um, and they attack both PTSD and substance use disorder. Um, so I went there thinking that my problem was PTSD and not acknowledging, you know, that there was a substance use disorder, disorder there as well. Um, and it took a bit for me to actually like hop on board with this whole Alcoholics Anonymous thing. Um, Warrior's Heart has uh, constructed an adaptation of that called Warriors Anonymous, and it's solely for those in um, those career fields, service fields. And um, when I was in the intensive outpatient therapy, it's when I began actively working with a sponsor and going through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And you know, act- actually accepting that it's not just PTSD, there is this other disorder. Um, I grew up with my uh, paternal side of the family, all alcoholics minus my father. He rarely ever drank. He died when I was really young. I was about 11. He was 36 when he had a heart attack and passed. Um, and so I grew up with a mother that I, you know, had a strained relationship with, um, angry young boy, my best friend, my father had died and I was left with her. She had all of her struggles dealing with three kids. One of them, my youngest sister was, um, like nine months, maybe a year when he had passed. So she had her hands full. Um, but I grew up with her telling me, you know, basically I'm an alcoholic because the Harrison's are. And, um, those were the side of the family that I really connected with, you know, her side of the family, they were very religious. Um, and for whatever reason I, I just drifted towards the Harrison's. It felt like they were less judgmental. They weren't trying to force Jesus on me. Um, which, you know, there's this rebellious nature within me. And so, um, I wasn't willing to accept that when I got to treatment. I just wanted to focus on trauma. And um, it took me until getting to IOP, finding a sponsor and working the steps to acknowledge that part. And that's where Jesse Lee comes in. Um, I had an opportunity to be a part of Operation Song. Um, I had been told about it by a couple of dudes that were there, said it was very healing for them. Um, My counselor encouraged me to do it. So I signed up and, you know, the whole process from there was just, it was wild, you know, uh, starts with us meeting the songwriters um, in a room and then, you know, basically being paired with one. And so it's just kind of this awkward stare down of, you know, um, I think there are about six of us, uh, maybe seven. I don't recall exactly. Jesse might know better than I do, but uh Um, I got paired up with Jesse Lee and I had a phenomenal experience. Um, this poor gal had to listen to hours of me talking and I had no idea what was going to happen and to see her pull this song out, um, and it being exactly what I needed at the time.
2: Yeah so let's uh we we just we're talking here with with Zach Harrison and his involvement with Operation Song as you can tell by his story you know you life plays a lot of games with us sometimes and uh some of us can can deal with it really easily and sometimes we get you know we go off track and try to find out you know really how can we help ourselves I'm you know I didn't want to do this I didn't want to you know end up you know, being like that side of the family or something along those lines. I like we can all many of us can relate to your to your story. Did you have um did you have some difficulty when you got out of the service with the adrenaline issue? You know, when you're obviously when you're in the service and you're deployed and, you know, all of your senses are at the highest level and then suddenly you're a civilian and and it's kind of like now what?
3: Um, for me, no. Because i I was uh assigned to a training unit, you know, I'd been away from from the operational group, you know, and I was struggling when I was still out through group, you know. Um my performance had declined, substance use was significant, I was drinking very consistently. I was not performing at my best because I was trying to deal with um, you know, these issues that I had. And um so when I went to go be an instructor, there was about two years there. And so that, you know, was a completely different environment. And that was a struggle in and of itself. But by the time I got out, um, I was ready. You know, it was definitely God's time for me to not be there. Um, all in all, the situation wasn't the most ideal. But, you know, that's that's in my thinking. That's not, you know, trusting, you know, God's plan for my life. And it just it's, it's how it unfolded. And um, so for me, that transition um, wasn't as hard as I've heard it is or was for some other buddies of mine um that lack of belonging you know i'd kind of was kind of already dealing with that when i went to go be an instructor um so that was that that made that transition a little bit easier you know at that point i was ready to be away with it you know, It was not the environment i left was not the environment i joined to be in um and so it was kind of a welcome change
2: Okay, let's bring in Jessie Lee now. Jessie is a songwriter, performer, and she's on her way to a gig uh, in Texas. Um, Jessie, how how did that first meeting with Zach go?
4: I found it. um, Every time I I do Operation Song, I think it's, you know, when you get there, it's always kind of, you know, nerve-wracking because you're thinking, man, am I going to be able to, uh, you know, take this guy or this girl's story and actually be able to do something that, you know, leaves them feeling maybe, even if it's for the day, feeling a little bit better than, um, you know, they were before. But um, I think our meeting was very um, natural. You know, some people you sit in a room with and it's, you know, kind of hard to talk to them. But um, I found our meeting, you know, in the beginning to be really easy Um, and it's just, I think it's always very humbling for us songwriters because, you know, we spend our, our lives trying to come up with these stories and come up with things to say and, you know, or want to touch people. But, you know, when you have only your own experiences, there's only so much that you can write about. And so I think that's what an amazing thing about Operation Song is, is that, you know, you get paired with somebody that has this incredible story and you know bless their heart they're having to you know divulge so much information but um i think it it's a lot easier to write a song whenever you can feel something coming from somebody because all of us songwriters for the most part i guess i should say you know we write from an emotional place or we write from you know something that that is raw or something that is real and so but being able to spend those hours um with one of these veterans is always incredibly humbling. And, um, I mean, there's, there's so much that I could say about it, but, um, I just think that it leaves you feeling very blessed and leaves you feeling really thankful for these guys that are willing to, you know, sacrifice their life in order to keep us safe. And here we are, you know, writing little songs and, and what they do allows us to be able to do that. So, um, yeah i think it was it was a great meeting and i really enjoyed getting to spend the day with him and and getting to hear his story and i was really glad that we were able to turn it into the song that we did
2: well the song that they did was called that kid again where did did that come from
4: so that kind of came from he had explained his story um and then kind of along our lines of talking he was talking about you know i wish i could be that that kid again, the kid that, you know, didn't know that all of this stuff could happen in the world, all of the bad things that happen in this world, you know, we were talking about how when you're a kid, you're so naive to to so much. And, um, you know, there's, there's an innate happiness, I think, that is in all children, because hopefully, if they haven't seen, you know, too much crazy stuff. But, um, you know, I think as you get older, the world becomes a lot more serious and a lot more real. And so kind of along, you know, this story, we started talking about who he was as a kid and, um, you know, talked about his father or as he said, you know, his father, he was very young when his father passed. And, you know, so there was, I'm sure, you know, for him, it's like there was those those first years of, you know, trying to remember and trying to trying to be that, um, you know, naive kid again, where you where you don't know all the pain and the suffering that you're going to go through as an adult.
2: All right. I was, I was, I was taken by, um, Zach's story of, of losing his father. Cause unfortunately I didn't, I had a similar experience and, you know, you, you're trying to figure out how do you fill that void. And, you know, right. un- unfortunately, unfortunately many of the times we kind of take it out on our moms and we don't, we don't even know why. And, sure. and, um, Thank goodness that you know they just didn't chuck us out of the house. Um, <laughs> they certainly could have. I can't believe how how cruel I could have been. But that's um, a fact. I, th- I think it, I I want the audience to uh, hear the song. So let me let me play the song here, and then we can talk about it when we come back. Lately,
5: I've been seeing clear. That the man in the mirror Has got a lot of catching up to do I've had my own share of crazy Been a little sideways maybe But who I want to be ain't that view I want to be that kid again Free as a feather in the wind With my hands wrapped around a fishing pole When days were good and life was slow, I wish back then I would have soaked the good stuff in Cause growing up ain't what I thought it meant I want to be that kid again The smell of coffee pouring. Church on Sunday morning A little game of catch out in the yard When my eyes still had a sparkle And I could dream about tomorrow Back before this jaded heart got hard I wanna be that kid again Free as a feather in the wind With my hands wrapped round a fishing pole When days were good and life was slow, I wish back then I would have soaked the good stuff in Cause growing up ain't what I thought it meant I wanna be that kid again Before the hurting and all the birds. take its toll and that's for certain I want to be that kid again free as a feather in the wind with my hands wrapped round a fishing pole when days were good and life was slow I wish back then I would have soaked the good stuff in cause growing up ain't what I thought it meant I want to be that Again, I think I see him just around the bend. I want to be that kid again.
2: Holy moly, that's that's, that's just a that's, one of the coolest songs. I, I, we're all, I, I can only imagine people that are listening to that right now, all f- flashing back to when, you know, you were doing all those kid things, you know, go ahead, Jess.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. I i, I hope, you know, that that's one of those songs that, you know, not only is it, you know, something healing for Zach, but I also hope, you know, other people that hear that song can kind of, kind of feel something from it too i know that i sure did you know even get derided i think um i think that's something that you know as you get older and you endure the hardships of you know life and being an adult it's like man i had it so easy when i was younger and i and i totally took it for granted
2: yeah 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 we all took it for granted um you know we didn't know life was going to change it was always going to be you know just fun and running around all over the place. And, <laughs> you know, and, um, but anyway, that, that's that the song was that kid again. And then the, uh, songwriter, singer, performer is Jesse Lee. And it's, it's the story of Zach Harrison. And I, I, it's, um, you know, and, and what I have found with Operation Song is so many of these songs can apply to so many people. And it's not that we all had the same experiences on our tours or, you know, our deployments, whatever it was. It's just that there's always at least one, you know, word or one sentence in the one lyric in the song that, that hits you. And you go, Oh God, I remember that. Or I did that. Or I remember that guy or, you know, that woman and so forth. And you were, you know, Zach, when you were talking about losing the, you know, your friend, and I'm sure that when people listen to this, thing you know they go yeah i i did that and you know it's it's so difficult sometimes to come back from that moment and it, you know as as you said i mean we're you know we're trained in the military you know we don't like the enemy we don't like the enemy at all we always you know we make up all these bad things about our enemies so that we can do our jobs and, you know, what then when it hits, hits home, you know, like the person next to you or, you know, many a times we end up having, you know, the, the survivor's guilt comes out and 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 so forth. But I just I thought this song was really just wonderful. I wanted to uh, almost congratulate the, the two of you for taking this and, and putting it to music.
3: I've got to be honest, this was all Jessie Lee. She was <laughs> her innate ability to not only write a song that spoke to the things that you know we discussed over the course of however long we were just chatting um but like you had said write a song that's applicable to others i've had i've shared it with some folks and you know even even the response at you know warrior's heart there everybody came up and had something to say about how that had impacted them or several people had made those statements she has written a song that is uniquely mine however you know it is so applicable to, I imagine, several other people, and I just think she's incredibly talented, and it was really an honor on my part to be a part of this, because well, to watch a- her process and work was unreal.
4: It's an honor for me to be able to sit in a room with, with somebody like you, though, too. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, what I do a lot of times, once I get with you guys, it makes me feel like, man, I need to go, I need to go do something. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, when I was younger, um, I had this. So, you know, my dad, he was in the music business. And so I kind of grew up around the music business. And I remember when I hit high school, well, I had this dream of actually going into the Navy. I wanted to be a nurse in the Navy. And I remember telling people because they would always say, you know, they'd always say, well, you know, I I thought you want to do music. Why don't you want to do music? And for me, I always felt like music was almost a selfish life as an artist because your whole, you're, you know, you're your own product. You're trying to, you know, write for yourself, sell yourself, take pictures of yourself. It's a very selfish thing, but there was something that um, I had written a few songs and I remember somebody coming up to me and they had tears in their eyes after a song I had written. And I, we were talking about that and I told them, you know, this is the first time that I've ever felt like music maybe isn't so selfish. And, and you know, I think for Operation Song gives us a, a more of a purpose with our music where it's not just about us, it's it's about somebody else. And so I'm so appreciative of Operation Song and giving us songwriters a chance to be able to sit down and write something that's real and something that can hopefully impact more than, you know, just our career, you know, hopefully impact somebody else. And so Operation Song has really showed me that, you know, music can be something that that isn't just about you. It, it could be something that can impact a lot of people.
2: Well, you're certainly right about that. And I think that's, you know, sort of the mission of Operation Song is, you know, one veteran at a time, one song at a time. And uh, you know, helping everybody along the way. Um, speaking of, uh, you mentioned the the pictures and so forth. I wanted to bring in um, Chris Couture. Uh, he's a photographer who's working with Operation Song. And Chris, I wanted to to hear your story about meeting Zach and how you ended up uh writing a very nice a really beautiful poem about him which i'm going to ask you to read so there's there's the warning right there um but <laughs> <laughs> well uh
0: thank you dale and, and first off i want to thank zach for um including me and uh, i want to say jesse uh, what a an amazing song uh beautiful voice beautiful lyrics um definitely touched me not only at the event but listening to it um here today so uh thank you for that um yeah, I've been uh volunteering with Operation Song uh when we go out to uh Warriors Heart every quarter. And uh when I met Zach, that was actually the first time I went to Warriors Heart. And uh as as Zach alluded to, you know, we, we all go up there first thing in the morning. I, I believe there was eight songwriters and and eight uh veterans first responders. Um and uh the attitude, I mean it's 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 a little tense, right? Um it's almost like, you know, some of the some of the veterans don't really want to be there, but they're there because they were told to be there. And, and, and you can see that written on their face. Um, but as, as the day progresses, um, you see that veil slowly diminish. Um, you see you see tears and you, you start to see smiles. And um, that's pretty incredible. Um, I, I was profoundly touched. I mean, Obviously, I was touched that day, but it didn't really hit me until I was driving into work um, the following morning. And, uh,
2: yeah, so. Well, tell me, I, tell Chris, me. Go ahead, Jeff.
4: Oh, I was just saying, I, I totally agree with that. It's one of those things that kind of sticks with you for a while.
2: Yeah. Um, Chris, tell me about the, you know, you're kind of this, this you know, publicity photographer for Operation Song and you know you were taking I'm, I'm assuming that you're taking pictures of people while they're doing this you know going through this ritual of putting a song together but one of the pictures you know I guess you said you know struck you dramatically.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know I happened to walk in on uh, the session that Zach and, and Jesse were doing in, in Zach's room there and I was immediately drawn to his hands, um, on his hands, you know, he has tattoos that, you know, love and pain. Um, and of course I wanted to ask Zach what they meant. I just never got the opportunity. And, uh, I had the phrase tattoos and scars in my mind for, uh, a couple months. And then finally I, I was, I, I, just, I decided I, I really have to write this. So, um, I tried to write it as, as Zach, um, without knowing anything about Zach other than, you know, he was at Warrior's Heart. So obviously he he's a warrior. He's, you know, a veteran. And uh, I just came up with tattoos and scars.
2: Well, I, I think, you know, for people that want to see the picture that we're talking about here, you just need to go to our website. It's veteransradio.org. Um, and that's right there on the on the homepage um, right now. And it's just a close-up picture of Zach's hands with, you know, there's tattoos on there, and the tattoos have a lot of meaning um, to Zach, obviously, and uh, to a lot of other people, I think, when you get a chance to look at them. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you, if, if, if you can, if you could um, read your poem.
0: Sure. I'll, I'll give it a try. Okay. okay so, this is, <laughs> this is Tattoos and Scars. I may look unapproachable with this ink I wear so precious. I can see their minds are working, always the same old questions. They wonder why I got them. And I'm not disingenuous. Love is a four-letter word. The same is true of pain. Both have tried to kill me and drove me mildly insane. A soldier has his medals, and the night has her stars. But all I have to show is these tattoos and scars. A player has his number, and a singer has his songs. A poet is full of stories, the preacher has his psalms. Dead men will tell no tales, but their legacy lives on. If you want to know about me, you don't have to look too hard. It's written in every line of these tattoos and scars. If you want to know about them, they really hurt at the time. They wonder You wonder how long they took, just the entirety of life. Yes, you could safely say, I wear my feelings on this sleeve. There are those that are visible only to the eyes of God and me. So a sergeant has his stripes and a captain has his bars. I've earned every one of them these tattoos and scars.
2: Wow. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. I I see a song there. I don't know. <laughs> I think that <it> <laughs> you Dude, got that was
4: wonderful. <laughs> Thank
2: you. It was great. And you've got You've got the lyrics. <laughs> now now, it's, now we just have to come up with a melody to, ma- to match up with it. <laughs> I, I think that 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 is cool. And, and this is this is just what Operation Song does, and I you know, I'm so pleased to to have the honor to let the world know all about Operation Song and for the world to learn about Zach and and Jesse and Chris. Um, this is why we do this program to let people know. You know, that this is what their, their veterans are going through, and this is how their, you know, their lives are evolving over time. And uh, through organizations like Operation Song, they can get their story out. And one of the things that I have found over my life of being a veteran is when I started talking about my stories, everything started to get lighter when I finally got them all out. Everything kind of, okay, I can breathe again. I don't have to spend time, you know, rolling this story around inside my head again and again and again and again, like a, you know, a never-ending reel, it seemed like. And it takes people, um, you know, like all of you to help these veterans get these stories out. And I know, Zach, that you are uh, studying to you know psychology right now to hopefully end up being a counselor yourself it sounds like
3: yeah um so i wasn't sure what i was doing after warrior's heart um one of my counselors there we were kind of chatting and uh i think it was on my last day with my last trauma counselor so when you're there you're set up with a trauma counselor and then a substance use counselor so you've got two that you see throughout each week and uh, i was with my trauma counselor um kelly and we were chatting and, Um, I'd started thought thinking about school back then. Um, and I was like, well, she asked me what I would study and I'm like psychology. And I didn't know why at the moment, like, I mean, it's kind of natural, I guess, for people in, in a rehabilitation center to, you know, want to give back and see the value of what's happened in their own life. Um, I mean, my experience with other friends, like they've had the same thought, but, um, you know, she and I were chatting and then you know my memory came back that's actually what my dad studied. Um his degree was he had a bachelor's in science of psychology. He's a little bit more mathematical than I am. Um but so while I was there I started pursuing different schools. Um I applied to NC State. You know my my daughters live here um and being in Texas wasn't necessarily something I wanted to do but I figured you know whatever door God opens is the one I'll pursue. And, um, it turns out that, you know, I didn't get into NC state, but Texas A&M, San Antonio accepted me. Um, but you know, I was like, I need to be back home with my daughters. So I had left warriors heart, um, in May and June 5th, I started the summer semester. So I'm in my last week. I've got an exam to knock out after this. And then finals will be next week. And then at the end of the month, I'll be starting the fall semester with them. Hopefully, um, I gained my associates while I was in, but I've got a lot of core to make up, and hopefully, working with one of the the veteran um, offices at NC State, be able to transfer and be a full-time in-class student at NC State. And I would love to continue getting bachelor's in psychology and then pursue that master's in mental health counseling.
2: Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. You know, some of the things that, I don't know if you ran into the same problem. Uh, many of my friends uh, from my era, um, you know, when we would go to the to the VA or somewhere where we thought we you know we we needed help, and so we would go over there, and unfortunately, the uh, psychiatrists at the time were so much younger than we were. And sure. you know, and they didn't necessarily, and it's just not, you know, a slam on them entirely, but they just didn't have the experience, and so it was kind of hard to relate right. to relate to them. And I think that, you know, people like you, you know, who've been through all of the, all of it, you know, you can understand a little bit more, and then you're going to be able to empathize more, with your your quote your clients, and I I think that that's uh, such a great goal, and I congratulate you on that, and I wish you the Wish you the best of luck um, as you continue on that journey.
4: Yes. I appreciate and it. And I want to say, that back, I'm so incredibly proud of you. And that just makes my heart so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Thank
3: you, Justin. So I appreciate happy. that. Well. Yeah, well, yeah, everything's been going, going better than I could ever imagine. So,
2: Well, just, you know, one of the things, again, that we always try to tell people is to reach out for help. There are people out there that want to help you. And, you know, don't let yourself get down so much. I mean, there, there's just too many of the, you know, the, these veterans out there that, are, that unfortunately, they, they kind of reach the end of their line. And for whatever reason, they take their own lives. And we've just got to do whatever we all can do to prevent that. So Absolutely. So reach out for that. I want to thank all of you. For being on Veterans Radio today, we, we've been talking with with Zach Harrison, uh, Chris Couture, uh, Jesse Lee, all from Operation Song. Uh, encourage you in the audience to go to their website, OperationSong.org, make a donation so that these organization or these songs can continue rolling out. It's it's just a really cool organization, and I'm I'm so pleased that we're able to present it to our audiences. Um, you know, at least once a month is what we do. But you can go on to Operation Song's website and hear a whole bunch of other songs. And, of course, you can always purchase the the CDs. So what I'm going to do right now is we're going to go out on that song again. So uh, for all of us here at Veterans Radio, I want to thank all of you uh, here. Go to our website, veteransradio.org. We've got the connections uh, to contact um, our guests today uh, to find out more about them. Thank you all for your service. Absolutely.
4: Thank you so much for having me. Yes,
2: thank you so much for having us. All right. Thank you very much, Jeff. All right. Here we go. (laughs)
5: Lately I've been seeing clear That the man in the mirror Has got a lot of catching up to do I've had my own share of crazy been a little sideways maybe But who I want to be ain't a of view I want to be that kid again Free as a feather in the wind With my hands wrapped around a fishing pole When days were good and life was slow I wish back then I would have soaked the good stuff in Cause growing up ain't what I thought it meant I wanna be that kid again you smell The smell of coffee pouring church on Sunday morning a little game of catch out in the yard when my eyes still had a sparkle And I could dream about tomorrow Back before this jaded heart got hard I wanna be that kid again Free as a feather in the wind With my hands wrapped round a fishing pole When days were good and life was slow I wish back then I would've soaked the good stuff in Cause growing up ain't what I thought it meant I wanna be that kid again For the hurting and all the burdens Life will take its toll and that's for certain I want to be that kid again Free as a feather in the wind With my hands wrapped round a fishing pole When days were good and life was slow I wish back then I would have soaked the good stuff in Cause growing up ain't what I thought it meant I want to be that kid again I see him just around the bend I want to
2: be that kid again Okay, we hope you enjoyed today's program. Uh, this is Dale Thronberry for all of us here at Veterans Radio. We're going to go out on a quick song by Michael J. Martin America the Beautiful. So until next week, you are dismissed.
5: Oh beautiful Far spacious skies for amber waves of grain, For purple mountains majesty, Above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed his grace on thee, And crown thy good